Hey guys, welcome back to the Consciousness Explorers podcast. This is the pod where every single episode we take a different practice for a spin. So something from meditation, movement, voice, dreaming, whatever it is. So I'm one of your hosts, Tasha Schumann. And I am Tasha Schumann's co-host. My name is Jeff Warren. So one of the things we're seeing a lot of these days are different technologies, all these things that are purporting to help us with the mind, calm the mind, quiet the mind, and help to get us into you know flow states. So we wanted to take one of these for a spin. And we found Dr. Baron Short, who Jeff's going to tell you about uh, right now. Okay, so Dr. Baron Short is an interventional psychiatrist. He actually had gotten in touch with me a few months ago because he has this device called the Zendo, which purports and does seem to do that to enhance the meditation experience. It actually runs a current of electrical stimulation into your brain. So what we're going to do today is a little bit different. First of all, Tash and I are going to get wired up to these devices, and Baron's going to guide us in a body scan, and it's interesting to hear him describe what's happening in the brain as Tash and I and him are getting zapped. But also it's relevant, even if you don't have the Zendo headset on, because he talks about some of the different landmarks that happen in a meditation. I thought this was a really fun episode. We had some passionate discussion around the role of technology afterwards. I mean, do we want to enhance our being if that's the one thing that we feel like is already okay? Tasha, what did you take away from this? I thought this was a super interesting conversation, even for people who are not strapped in, like you said, to a Zendo, just for that exploration after the practice of what can this do for us? You know, what is the limits of technological enhancements? Do we need this? You know, is this where science is going? Is this where psychology is going? So it's such an open field right now that talking with someone like Baron is really kind of inspiring because, you know, I think his heart's really in the right place. He's he's a meditator himself and finds a lot of joy in helping people in the way that he does. So, yeah, it was really exciting. Awesome. So without further ado, here's our episode with Dr. Baron Short and the Zendo. Dr. Baron Short, welcome to the Consciousness Explorers podcast. Welcome. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Happy to get some uh, meditation on together, some enhanced meditation. Tosh and I are very excited for this. We've been taking your Zendo for a ride over the weekend. We've been meditation cyborgs all weekend. Wonderful. So, okay, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that's going to happen in this episode. Uh, we're going to learn some science. We're going to do some practice. But first, when we find out about who our guest is, Baron, you are an interventional psychiatrist uh, down in South Carolina. So I, I don't even know what that means myself. So can you say a little bit about uh, who you are and how you got into this whole meditation and ultimately this whole Zendo technology enhanced meditation thing? Sure. So I guess as an interventional psychiatrist, you might say, what is that? So does that mean I just talk to people and give pills? And the answer is no. Um, I'm more of a, a physician that says certain types of pathology occurs due to brain regions uh, being over or underactive and that we can use tools or technologies, neurotechnology, to modulate or change those parts of the brain to re relieve a severe neuropsychiatric condition. So commonly treat a lot of treatment-resistant depression, OCD, uh, catatonia. Uh, certainly can talk about those things if you're interested. But the idea that the brain is an electrochemical organ and that we can nudge it in ways that we want to treat disease uh, is fascinating. And, and it's really gratifying to help save a lot of people's lives. 
you might say, where does Zendo come into that? Well, you know, I've been an avid meditator, meditating 28 years. I'm a very slow learner. So I'm still still trying a little. I kind of give up trying, but try, try a little. And uh, was very interested in how we can image the brain and stimulate the brain. And so I'd done some studies in the early 2000s, looking at uh, functional MRI and meditation and what's happening in the brain and looking at brain regions that activate with practice. But that didn't change. Like, how do you, can we do something to nudge the brain much like I do in, in the rest of my work? And so uh, with Zendo, what, my co-founder, Bashar Badran, and I were looking at studies, looking at meditation and what happens in the brain. And there are some very specific areas that change in the brain one called the frontopolar cortex, and the other is the, the insula, and that's over the right temple frontopolars on our forehead, essentially. And those brain regions change across different types of meditation. So you know, meditation is like saying sport, a lot of different things that we can do, right? And, and consequently, a lot of things that change in the brain. But what's cool about all that is despite the different types of sport, if you will, there are those common brain regions. And so what we did uh, was use a type of technology called transcranial direct current stimulation and directly apply stimulation over those brain regions, the frontopolar and the insula cortex. And again, frontopolar helps us with what we call meta-awareness or metacognition. So geeking out for a second, that's like the ability to see our mind, right? And to think about thinking. And the insula or inferior frontal gyrus is more of like interoception. So like, where is my body? What does this body feel like? And so it's not a big stretch for people who do meditation to see why bodily sensation or the ability to look at the mind kind of come online across different types of meditation. Bashar, he had actually re really had a lot of difficulty meditating. And so this was like his, his cut through to, to kind of get, get into the sky, if you will, of meditation. And uh, for me, I had ongoing practice and just found, you know, after doing this for uh, some odd years, the first time I ever tried Zendo, I felt like I was in my third hour of a meditation retreat, just how deep I kind of dropped in and in such a short period of time. And so that kind of led us to the studies and stuff too. So just to be clear, so what Zendo does is you put these pads on, and you're going to walk us through this, and it puts a low current uh, of electricity into those exact two regions that you described, and that then, quote, enhances the meditation and you know, accelerates, I guess, the benefits, deepens the benefits. That That's exactly right, Jeff. So we're using a small electrical current and running it through the brain, which hopefully makes people go, what? What are we doing? Uh, uh, and you have to realize in my day job, we do a lot of electrical and magnetic stimulation at a much higher, you know, 10x strength. This is a very low intensity device. It doesn't run on a nine volt battery, but the equivalent of that kind of dose. And so this is a really gentle type of stimu brain stimulation. And uh, yeah, so we modulate these brain regions. We've done double blind placebo controlled trial where we had participants have sham or fake stimulation a low or higher dose current stimulation. What we could see compared to sham is that people would have a two and a half times greater effect in terms of mindful awareness, a sense of calm, which was really cool. We did that and that kind of got us going. We, we've had some of our exploratory studies. We actually did 
a study at Burning Man where we're just like testing it out, out on the playa. That was pretty fun. And then uh, we've done some open label trials where we had people do single session, 20 minute Zendo and measure their stress, measure their mind wandering. So we could have like a 75% stress reduction in 20 minutes, 33% increase and decrease in their mind wandering, which is usually on those kind of scales, you usually need several weeks to kind of see that effect. And so we're seeing that, you know, 20 minutes, pow. And we've also done a silent retreat, as you know, Shenzhen Young, we did a retreat, a five-day retreat where people are using Zendo twice a day for five days uh, during this kind of intensive. And it was pretty cool to, um, in our science talks, to hear about people's experiences um, and the reductions in their mind wandering. We were also just studying like their ability to apply this technology. And what we found is um, with minimal training, people were able to do this. This is all me being pretty conservative. What I haven't said is like how some people get the wows with using Zendo and people have different like cultural language and concepts for it. So had some interesting um, Christian mystics that are doing uh, specific practices to go into the void. And it's been very interesting to hear people talk about that they're in the void. I like that you called it the wows. Yeah, yeah, they get the big <laughs> wows. Lack of better term, you know, a sense of emptiness or a no thingness, which sounds highly abstract until people are there and realize that experience. And so we usually see people using Zendo for, hey, I just want to feel less stressed out. I want to feel more calm. Or they use it for more performance, right? They're trying to like lock in. So we have major league baseball players that use this to kind of lock in and really get in this flow state. And then that third group I would call transformation, where it's like, yes, I want to feel well and I want to lock in. And now I want to examine my mind. I want to actually know who I am at a deeper level beyond just the construct of thought. Um, so it's been a pretty fun adventure to, uh, one, help co-create this technology, two, to uh, commercialize it so people could have it, and three, to just be part of this greater journey. You know, we we really do feel like we're trying to make the world a better place, uh, starting from the inside out and helping people nudge their brain into this meditative state so that they can come forward uh, with their best self, you know? And um, I think we need that. I, I need that, right? So, uh, so, <laughs> no so I'm here. Yeah. Well, we are going to go deeper into discussing what the role of technology can play in enhancing practice and, and it's go deeper into some of the stuff you just talked about there. But first, we're going to actually take it for a spin. And this is going to be a little bit different than other podcast episodes we've done. Obviously, all the listeners do not have a Zendo. Some might, but Baron, Tasha, and myself are all going to be in the enhanced zone. But what we thought was that Baron is going to guide a practice that's going to kind of be like a tour guide a little bit to meditation for everyone who's doing the, the basic meditation. So it'll be the, everyone's going to do the basic meditation, all the listeners, us as well. Baron will point out a few kind of landmarks of what might be happening in your practice. And we'll be kind of noticing ourselves what that's like, I guess, because we'll have the enhanced kit on. And then afterwards, we'll kind of unpack how it might be different. But first, you're going to help us get set up here. So walk us through this situation because I got my set in front of me. You got it. So it's several steps, right? So first, get out a set of pads. You can hear this crinkling. And... With those pads, then you want to take your Zendo stimulator wires that will connect the stimulator and the pads. I'll pop the forehead one on first. 
Then you take the other end of that wire and you plug it into the top of your Zendo stimulator. How's this looking? Yeah, that looks great. You're locked and loaded? Okay. Yeah, you're locked and loaded. And then you can long hold the center button and that turned on the device. There's a mode one, two, and three. You can change those modes by pressing one, pressing two, or pressing three. So can you tell us a little bit more about these modes? What's the difference between them? Yeah, so mode one is the weakest. Mode three is the strongest. We usually recommend people try mode one the first time, mode two the second time, mode three the third time, and then find your favorite mode. You might say, how do you know that? The easy way is if it's too low a mode, you try to meditate and you go, there's no difference than how I normally meditate. It's the same. Too high a mode, people can feel a little spaced out and their mind too quiet. And if you're not used to that, that's kind of like disconcerting. So then you step it down a little bit. And to that point, most folks using this end up on a mode two, about 50%. I tried two yesterday, so I think I'm, I'm going to go full throttle today. Are you what going are you full three? Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <sighs> Maybe I'll do three, two. I did two Let's yesterday. Go for it. So. Let's go for it. <laughs> I'm a mode one guy. If I do mode three, I kind of forget what we were doing. So. <laughs> Sasha, you'll be you'll be conducting the majority of the interview afterwards. Okay. There you go. There you go. Dude, if there was a 10, I'd be a 10. Let's do it. Yeah. So um you guys ready? We'll go ahead and we yeah. can. Okay, press so start. we're just gonna press start and we'll just go. Yep. What I'm gonna do is a kind of a basic practice of kind of settling the body, settling the mind, and then we can just kind of release. So start we go. Over these next 30 seconds, you're gonna notice like a little tingling. People can describe it as warmth, prickly sensation. Um, that's all pretty common. That will peak over the next 30 seconds. So for folks currently using Zendo, uh, you're going to notice that. If you're not using Zendo, uh, you don't notice anything. And now I try to make sure, you know, settling our body, just kind of getting your body in an upright, you know, erect posture and allowing yourself to take some nice, slow, deep breaths. And I would encourage you to take some nice, slow, deep breaths. And as you're breathing out, just allowing like any tension of your body to just kind of soften or relax. And what I'll do is kind of walk us through a little body scan. So just noticing the sensations of your head and your neck and your face as you're breathing in and as you breathe out, just giving permission for the muscles of your face, head, and neck to soften just a little bit. And kind of gently shifting your attention down to your chest and your belly. Just noticing the movement of your chest, your belly, with each in-breath and out-breath. Not trying to force your breath to go at any particular rate. Just allowing it to move at its own pace. 
and noticing the muscles of your upper back and your lower back as a field of sensation. As you're breathing in, noticing your back, and as you breathe out, just allowing those muscles to relax just a little bit more. And uh, for folks using Zendo, you may notice your body's already starting to relax just a little bit more, just a little bit easier. I can kind of notice that kind of relaxing. You might say, why? Well, we are stimulating kind of inferior frontal gyrus or that is connected with insula, which does connect with like our body sensation body awareness and moving down to kind of our butt and our pelvis just noticing the sensations here as we're breathing in and as we breathe out just allowing those muscles to soften and relax And noticing the sensations of our upper legs. As we notice that sensation breathing in, just breathing out, allowing it to soften just a little bit more. And noticing your calves and your shins and your feet. Paying attention to the sensations without any judgment. As you're breathing in, noticing those areas. And as you breathe out, just allowing them to soften to the degree that they want. And noticing your arms and your hands. As you're breathing in. And as you breathe out, just allowing them to soften. I can notice the body just really relaxing a little bit more. I can notice my intentions feeling more non-directive as it just kind of relaxing a little bit more. And just move your attention to your sensations of breathing. Usually noticing at the nose or the mouth or the belly, whatever whatever area seems to fit for you best. And as your mind may wander to a thought or a feeling or a sensation, for this moment, just gently bring your attention back to the breath. 
You can't do this wrong. Just feeling into this breath, this beautiful gift of life we have. And again, as our mind may wander, just gently, ever so gently, bring it back to the breath. Nothing to judge, nothing to react. You may notice at this phase that thoughts are a little less sticky, a little less likely to just go down the route of some thought train. So we're a little over eight minutes in, just really noticing the body kind of dropping. I call it the body drop. Just the body gets in this nice, relaxed, alert state. Even a sensation of kind of unhooking from. So I will say a few phrases here and there just to remind us about letting go. So in this moment, just let go of having anything that you must do. Let go of anything that you need to control. Your mind may come with sensations or thoughts or feelings. And just give yourself permission to just let go of having to do anything with them, to push them away or pull them towards you. You just let go of anything. And let's let go of knowing. What if you just kind of, for fun, let go of knowing what's happening? Or let go of knowing or trying to predict what's coming. What if you let go of knowing who you are or what this is? What if you let go of taking things too seriously? Yeah. 
And so for the rest of, of this session, just going to let us be, let us release, let us let go of trying to do or control or know. And let's see what happens. At this point, just gently bringing your attention back onto the sensations of your body, noticing what your body feels like, noticing the sensations of your, your thoughts and your feelings, kind of putting back on a mind and back on a world. And there we're back here together, connected through our practice with or without Zendo. And uh, I'm very thankful to be a part of that with you and that we're exploring our minds and, and life together to bring more good into the world. Jeff, come back. Come back. Come back to the now. Well, I guess you are in the now. Couldn't get away. Uh. <laughs> you want to talk about your experience, Tasha? Uh, sure. Okay, so yesterday I tried the second setting and definitely had a quieting of mind yesterday. I just found it a lot easier to just plunge into the kind of quiet space. Today on level three, 
I had that, but also just extreme physical relaxation. Like it felt like all my cells were just like smiling. I don't know. It, I think it was being on level three, but also with the, you know, guided body scan. Because normally I don't do a body scan in my meditations. I'll just kind of drop in. But just having that clear, open state of mind and bringing it to all the parts in the body was just, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was just like all my cells are like, woo, like feeling very elated. And then you said something that was totally true to my experience, which was that thoughts are just less sticky. Like it wasn't that thoughts are coming less. Or maybe I think they were actually coming less. But the ones that were just, there was no grasping onto them. It was very easy to just kind of like let them go by. Even, you know, there's all these sounds going on in my environment. Like my my partner is rearranging a studio right now. And I was like, really? You're going to do that right now? And then <laughs> it was just like, all right, okay. So just it, everything just kind of was able to float away a lot easier. And I think, you know, as meditators, that's kind of our, our practice is that things are coming up and letting them go. And I was just kind of wowed about how little effort it took for me to kind of uh, let them go. There's all sorts of other things in there, but I want to hear from Jeff. How was that for you, bud? Yeah. I want to hear about the other things too. Um, well, interesting. So I have my wife, Sarah, is a terrific meditator, gets very absorbed. And we have this sort of joke that anytime we meditate on a retreat or something happens, she always gets the bliss yeah. experiences, the golden nectar dripping down the back of her head, like <laughs> you name it. Whereas I get the crazy, dysregulated, challenging experiences. That's just karma. And it's kind of like that with Tasha and I. We off, I mean, I had a good experience and I'll talk about it, but I often have a challenging end of the spectrum, maybe because of my bipolar or who knows what. And, um, so that was that did kind of come up this time. Um, you know, and I, I've done that. I've taken the Zendo a few times for a spin. So I, I did it yesterday and I had a very, very similar to what Tasha described. I was on setting two. I just immediately got super grounded, super, my whole body was so heavy. It was so relaxing. And the situation was my, my little toddler I knew was safe. My wife, it was, it was a very peaceful vibe at my house. And that was how it went down. Now, today, today, massive snowstorm in Toronto, like one in a 10 year storm, daycare's canceled. Eden's at home. Uh, my wife's watching him, but she's six and a half months pregnant. She's really moving slow. And I can hear him banging around upstairs and I know she's struggling to keep up and I'm worried about both. of them. So my experience of this is I move it to, to three and it's like I get the tingles and I could just I was following everything you were saying at first perfectly. The body scan, I was dropping in more quickly, although I, I usually drop in pretty fast, but I was it was all kind of it definitely felt a little enhanced. But then I was really thinking about i was a little worried about them because i heard duh, 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 oh my god did he fall did she fall and at that point i could really hear my heartbeat and it was like in my temple where the pad was like this very loud dum, 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 and quite intense and i'm kind of like oh great i'm like mode three you've got nothing on my neurotic hypervigilance <laughs> you can't even touch my neurotic hypervigilance but i but so i'm like dum, 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 feeling that and so my thoughts are there and they're just as sticky as ever, but the body is getting, the body feels still heavy, uh, which is kind of interesting having both those things happen. And then towards the end, especially after you made let, that wonderful invitation to let go, you know, after the first few minutes, I was still worried about them, but then I was, it got quiet and I thought, okay, they're obviously fine. She would come get me if there was a problem. 
So I really was able to kind of let go. And then I kind of got more, I did really drop in. Everything got very quiet and the body felt, so it felt, you know, and then at that point it was feeling just no different than for me, a normal meditation of feeling settled and how it normally goes. And I guess I did wonder something like why people choose the modes with my hypersensitive, hyperactive nervous system, mode one might actually be better for me. Like node three felt intense. I had the the prickling all the way through. And um, I remember trying it before or when we first got in touch, Baron, a few months ago, and I, I did it. I took at least three or four sessions and I eventually settled on one as the one I really mm. enjoyed. And it and it had a noticeable effect. It's one of those things, and this is definitely true of meditation, where more is not always better. In fact, this can be a whole thing that we can talk about. Is enhanced meditation better than just regular meditation? That's something we can discuss or more. Or not better is not the word. Is the right thing for everyone and more appropriate. But that's that's my report. So I'd be curious to have you respond to both T- Tasha and I there. Sure. Yeah. So with Tasha, that that's a very common experience of just like really the body like settling and dropping and relaxing. And I, I too had a very, in, in this session, a very similar experience of just kind of that nectar, as you said, that just an enjoyment of the body really just relaxing and settling and just kind of even a, a low level bliss to it. And so that's a very common type of experience, which it's actually cool to say that. Oh, this is a really common experience when people use Endo or that their mind is less uh, sticky in general. So it'll also be interesting, not just during the session, but where you are over the next two or three hours. Commonly, people have the effect not just during the the meditation itself, but the hours uh, afterwards. And as people are use Endo more regularly, that two to three hour effect kind of becomes more four or five, six, eight hour effect. Like at this point for me, it carries over into the next day. So I use Zendo every two or three days. And that's a very powerful thing for people who have never had that experience or it's so fleeting and so rare. And they, they it's like very gratifying to see people go, oh, so it's more about like that, you know, uh, and they get a taste of it. Um, I've also had friends even say stuff like, I don't need to use Zendo anymore because now I know the spot. I I found the zone. Um, So some people, we've had people use this and then say, cool, that showed me the territory of what I was looking for. So I don't need to use Zendo. Or other people say, I want to use it to go there faster and deeper, right? So there might be people very familiar with the territory, but want to go faster and deeper. Um, in many ways, Jeff, it's interesting you you um, kept your valence, right? So there was a point in my session, I had to kind of look down at the Zendo. I totally forgot what we were doing. I forgot we were in a <laughs> podcast, we were, they were meditating, or we were here. We just, it was just nothing really happening or to remember. Um, and that's, interestingly, a, a, a quite contrast to your experience where, you had a valence to say, these are people I love dearly, right? And care about. I mean, if I gave you the option for their well-being or your left hand, you would say, yes, I'll cut my left hand off to keep them well, right? So the, so the, the people dearest to you still mattered even as you're trying to meditate, which I think is beautiful. And I'm glad Zendo didn't take that away, right? So the, the idea that <laughs> there, are, there, there are... Uh, you know, cues are in our environment that we really do want to pay attention to whether we're actually trying to meditate now or not. So I think that that was actually nice that that did happen. 
and it did sound like you were able to kind of settle or even as the mind was kind of perturbed uh it was kind of this settling of the body still has there been any evidence around people with particularly sensitive nervous systems or particular dispositions finding that they need to be on the lower end of the stimulation anecdotally yes so like i'm more of a mode one person and you know if i forgot what we were actually doing for a little while imagine me going to mode two or three conversely you could take bashar our co-founder you know, he needs mode three to kind of really get that effect. And he doesn't feel much at mode one or two for, in terms of effects. So that's, it is a great point of like, more is not always better. I've also told people if they try a particular mode and they're like, wow, that was great. Why change that? Right. Just use that mode. You don't have to necessarily go try the other modes. You know, that's a whole other thing. Is there, is it a, is it a practice effect? Is it a brain effect? that maybe certain modes are, are better than others for people. Well, it's very intriguing. It, all this is very interesting. And, and to my mind, it brings up some very fundamental questions about why we practice, what practice can do, what is meditation, you know, because if I'm honest here, like, I mean, I've had the Zendo now for a few months since you sent it to me and I've really enjoyed exploring it. I think I'm going to continue just like I'm going to continue exploring other practices and just like I continue sometimes trying things out and seeing how they affect my consciousness. And like, that's just part of being human is playing in those spaces. And who wouldn't want to go to these places of enhanced bliss? And it's a lot like having a jhana practice, you know, a deep absorption practice where you're able to tap those things. So that's all great. And I guess here's the rub for me. I, see, I don't meditate to get enhanced. <laughs> I meditate to be with who I am right now. And how I am to just sit and exist wherever I am, whatever's going on. And not that I, I know you're going to say Zendo doesn't necessarily interfere with that. So there's sort of this paradox here. But the idea that I would have to put on a technology to somehow be more who I am or where I am seems totally backward. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just curious. And I'm curious for Tasha's thoughts on this. And of course, yours, Baron, too, because it's just so interesting. Like, what? What does this mean about meditation in general? You know, it seems like what you're pointing to, Jeff, is a different in, a difference in modality. So, like, what it is you're practicing when you sit down, right? Like, for me, I think the reason why this appeals to me so much is that in the tradition that I come from, which is the Buddhist tradition and specifically Tibetan, when we first come to meditation, we pair together shamatha and vipassana. And shamatha is sometimes called calm abiding or you know quiescence or whatever. So you're kind of building this platform on which you can do other things. It's like the technology mm. of quieting and stilling, right? And then on top of that, then you're going into these deep states of introspection and looking and they become subtler and subtler. And one of the problems that I had when I first came to meditation is that I wanted to do all of the introspecting. <laughs> I wanted to do all of the digging and looking and I had no ability to just stay put or to not even to stay put, but to clear. And so I was getting a lot of, introspection, but not at subtle levels. And, you know, I, I practice Dzogchen, which is all subtlety. And it's like mind looking, you're sitting there doing the meta looking, you know, looking at the space of the mind. And when I tried this out, when I put on Zendo, especially, you know, the first time yesterday, I was like, this is an aid. This is a shamatha aid. It's basically helping you. It's that it's, you know, when we're practicing it, we're building this, the inner technology of being able to get there. And this is just outer technology of getting there. And then, then it matters what are you doing when you're sitting there with it on your head, 
Like, are you just, you know, are you just spacing out or are you using that as like your tool for introspection? And I was, I found that I was able to get super subtle using it. So I, that's why I really liked it. Will you, do you think you would use it all the time, Tasha? Not all the time because I feel bad throwing them out all the time. <laughs> if there was a way that you could reuse these pads mm-hmm. and do it every time, I mean, I wouldn't do it every, every time because I think there is something to be said about building the muscle of doing it when you have nothing around you. Like, you know, if you're on a desert island or you're dying or something to be able to drop into that state by yourself. But I see, I totally see the value of kind of like what you were saying, Baron, like to show people, like give them the muscle memory of having been there, what that's like, what shamatha or quiescence or anything like that, what that might taste like. And then, you know, returning there again and again. So I think, I I think I would definitely incorporate this into my regular practice. Yeah, Tasha, I would. I think you're the first to say that this might be a shamatha enhancement. I definitely identify with that, and in, in fact, I would say in my own personal life, um, in terms of kind of being, I guess, a meditation geek too, that that really helped me kind of go and examine the mind much more easily. And I was I was saying to Jeff at a different point of like able to slow it down and really look and watch how attention, even without effort, right? That there's this efforting illusion that we're putting our attention here and there and there, and to actually go into such a resolution that you see, that's not quite it either. And to see this movement of, to a thought, to a feeling, to a sensation, and then how our minds actually speed it up. And, and then it creates this movie of our experience. And I called them like looking at the Lego blocks, like being able to slow it down enough. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, a body as a matter of experience is made of these sensations, right? Or a mind is made of these constellation and patterning of thoughts and feelings or the world, you know, how, how, how this all Lego block as a matter of experience uh, builds together. And we certainly know from a neuroscience perspective, even though we don't understand all those mechanisms, that it really is this kind of modular reconstruction, right? Like what we're seeing is not what's actually there, right? We're seeing a, a coded representation of what's there. And to actually get that from the inside out, not just studying the brain, but studying the mind directly. And I think that's where um, as I've said to Jeff, there's this capacity for an empirical transformation of the mind where we're actually including the empiricism of studying the brain and the body, but also the empiricism of the mind. And the Buddhist definitely got a heads up on that. Um, I would add in terms of do we use this technology or not? So I would say I'd be hard pressed to find an area where technology hasn't influenced everything we do, right? Food production, transportation. Um, you use a cell phone to enhance your communication. You use a calculator to enhance your computation of your mind. So we, you know, people have said this before, we're in a way, we already are kind of like cyborgy a little bit, right? And uh, that we're, from one view, from a, from a brain view, if with meditation we're modulating the brain, uh, why would we not use technology to enhance that process and speed it up? I mean, I've learned more through my meditation practice in the past two or three years than I did, you know, in the, the prior 25. It just accelerated the ability of what I could see and know to the point that it becomes habitual and not, and, and I don't want to say ordinary, but it's less like, wow, that, you know, uh, because you, you can go there and know there 
um, so quickly and, and not just while you're sitting, you know, or while you're using Zendo, but in this moment, right. It's, we're not to, to your point, Jeff, we're not waiting for some moment for something to happen. And then now I got it. We're here. This reminds me of something that Alan Wallace says, you know, and he teaches shamatha a lot as a gateway to Vipassana. And he's one of my teachers that shamatha is like the gateway to insight, right? It, achieving shamatha or getting that quiescence isn't in itself a depth experience. It's just a sharpening of your tool. It's like building your telescope or building your laser up to then. And then that's that's the threshold. That's where you walk through and then start to do your deep looking, right? So to me, it's like a no-brainer that, that building that kind of inner, uh, whatever, inner tools or inner technology, why not bolster it a little bit by some western technology i mean to pan it out for the straight up practical if this can help people be happier and more present and more effective and loving then of course why wouldn't we want to make this more available but that is an issue then the access because this costs 250 dollars, and then you have a whole other secondary set of issues from that so i'm sure you've thought a lot about this baron like about the access issue Sure. Well, and I think this is true for anything, right, within a system that you pay money for. Where is the access for it? And and I think I've said to you before, Jeff, that if there are any donors or investors that want to allow us to give this away for free, we will do it. So this is something we've said for years, and no one's yet taken us up on that. So we're kind of following more of the capitalist approach to uh, to get this technology out there. And to the point of just being practical, I mean, so, you know, I like to meditation geek out and know the mind, and there are definitely people who use Zendo for that purpose, but I would say there's a lot that don't, right? They're using it to enhance their performance or their well-being, you know, that that they are just, I have people do this with their, with their partner and uh, just enjoy their time together. They're able to just slow it down. I could see someone really just using this to reduce anxiety, like to take the sting out of a panic attack. Even I can see that helping. Yeah. People use it to reduce their stress. People use it uh, sometimes in the morning uh, just to kind of have that higher level of concentration, but also feeling very calm and confident and connected. Um, and so it's been beautiful to to be part of that journey and uh, having people use this technology. Access certainly is, is an issue. The other, the other side too, is to think about, you know, creating a product that is safe to use on your head and on your brain. And if it's, you know, dirt cheap, what is it made of? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Buy it on wish.com. Uh, totally. Like a, a pad <laughs> and the recycling and all the, uh... yeah. Yeah. C- certainly more iterations to come of this product and uh, and its use and, and things like that. I think trying to think systematically and as a systems view, any technology is a really kind of solving a problem and then it creates new problems, right? And then you iterate the technology to try to solve the new problems you created, um, which will then create new problems. And, th- and this is how technology evolves. We're on a runaway train of experimentation. Um, that is part of what being human is. And it's good from the ecology of human beings that we have some people say, I don't want any of this. And they try to be Luddites. I think that's beautiful. We, we need 
the whole spectrum of our species doing all kinds of different things and we're more likely to succeed overall. That also means other people that are all in and they say, whatever technology is out there, I'm doing it, you know? You know, there's a paradox. On one hand, things could always get better. And on the other hand, things are complete as they are in some sense. Mm. And I see this technology as being part of a developmental path of things can always get better, uh, making changes, trying to improve self, world, absolutely. But there is another wisdom of what is it to drop into things exactly as they are and to truly accept them without needing to change them. And that is also equally important. Now, the paradox is I think the Zendo can probably help with that too. Um, but its mission is kind of, you know, it's at the other end. It's in the developmental change things end as opposed to the let things be what they are end. But maybe maybe you'd see things differently. But there's a I'm just going to identify that yeah. paradox there. So my co-founder, he uh, when he put on a Zendo, he doesn't want to hear me or anyone else talk or any type of instruction or any type of any thing. Right. And so that point, that's just right now. Right. Like you have arrived. There's nothing to be waiting for. So I think, you know, I think that there is definitely a developmental and a, you've you've made it. And I, and I like to think that that applies in uh, everything we do. Like, I think that those are just to me, those are two sides of the same coin. Right. That there's this part and process of like continuing to evolve, develop, grow. And then this you already are it. This is it. You know, it's it's kind of if we were to think of the universe, right? the universe is evolving, but it's also at the essence already is right. And whether that we fast forward a billion years or go back a billion years, it still is, but then its form is different. Right. And it's evolved differently. And arguably this is what we are too. Right. As the T.S. Eliot nerd of the group, I'm going to have to cite this quote. Everybody's heard this one, but we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know that place for the first time. Right. So it's like, I you're like yeah, searching. You can't, I can't get still. I can't think. I can't focus. Let me try out this Zendo. I'm developing. Oh, look, I'm getting better at concentrating, concentrating. And then I'm jumping into the insight. And then I'm like, damn, just is, just was, <laughs> just is great. I think there's people who can like hop into it faster, you know, and the Zen tradition, Dzogchen tradition are, are like jump in the deep end and just see what it is right now. And then there's that whole mm -hmm. pathiness of it, of like yeah. starting at the beginning square and putting one foot in front of the other. And I think maybe for people like that or psychologies like that, then maybe Zendo is good. I would say of avoidance of the extremes, right? So if you're just on the pathy perspective, it's like you'll never arrive because there's always more to develop. And if you only arrive, then you never develop in an interesting way, right? There's there's a place for both. A meditation technique is a technology. Totally. You know, every, one of the, every tradition teaches, in a sense, they teach a technology, even if it's the technology of no technology, technique of no technique. And so they are attempts to, you know, frame experience or help us come to some relationship with our own experience, some very explicitly in a directive way, some in a much more hands-off way, but it's there. And the teacher's your technology. Yeah. The practice is your technology. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can't avoid, <laughs> I don't know if you can avoid technology. Right? Mm -hmm. it, it just, it depends on how narrow you define it, then you can. But if, if it's pervasive, you can't get out of it. And I also, I just like what you said about, you know, how science is iterative. It's always like building on the last thing, 
synthesizing kind of, you know, what came before it. And I imagine, you know, whatever, what, like a hundred years from now, everyone's got some kind of cyborg implant in their head and they can just push the button and, you know, just like sink in, <laughs> make the whole journey a whole yeah. lot bigger or whatever the outer reaches are of where this can go. But it has to start somewhere. It has to start with us sitting here together, putting some electrodes on our head and seeing how that goes, you know. Exactly. Science Science is messy. Science is creative. Science is a discovery. Usually what people learn in, in a school book is is the, the dead part of it, you know, where it's like, and people lose their awe and wonder and mystery of life. But if, uh, from a true scientific endeavor and the scientific method, it's coming from this absolute place of, I don't know, but I want to know more and I want to explore more. And I don't know the best next step, but this is where I'm going to try, right? Totally. And then I'm going to learn from it and we're going to do it together and we're going to learn from each other, like in the truest sense of, of, of the scientific method and, and the exploration, right? And so, um, yeah, and, and that, you know, you pose a very future think kind of question of like, and by the way, Zendo does that to people and makes them a little more philosophical. So I don't know if that's <laughs> this is just a regular you Monday guys for us. Or, or the Zendo. Yeah, okay, good. The <laughs> Zendo amp. But, uh, you know, that'll be a whole other set of questions, right? If we can place technology either. So think of it as invasive. You put it in your brain, but imagine, you know, a helmet or something that you could put on and it can put you in a state of shamatha and you can examine your mind and know you can deconstruct and reconstruct yourself and you know yourself experientially as kind of the universe knowing itself through this focal process of itself. And now it wants to engage and relate to other human beings that also know that they are the universe experiencing itself from a focal process of itself. And then we say, what do we want to create and do together, right? I mean, to me, that would be a very, it's kind of the uh, uh, future romantic view, right? That we actually said, what do we want to create together if we're already at peace and we can feel the sense of love between us? What do we want to create? What kind of problems are occurring or have we inadvertently created that we'd like to try to change, you know? And to me that I'm okay with that. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I would argue it's maybe just a natural evolution of what this is doing. Like we don't know where this ends, this infinite process uh, that we're a part of. Um, and and I also think it's very healthy for some people to say, that freaks me out. I don't want to do that. Do You're not putting any helmet on my head. And I go, great. Thank God. I love you. We need the whole ecology of diversity of what people are going to do and not do. Well, this is awesome. To be continued. <laughs> we got to get you on again, Baron. My friend, what a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Tasha. It's been super fun to to explore this with you guys and try this uh, with your listeners. And I, I um, um, just want to say, and uh, let's all just do our best to make the world a little bit better, right? I'm, I will stay a dreamer in that view. I'm with you on that, too. But... <laughs> <laughs> do you want to just say anything about uh, websites, uh, etc. Yeah. Where can people learn more or try this out? Sure. So, uh, www.zendomeditation.com is our main website. We also have Instagram and I do, uh, usually on noon on Tuesdays, Eastern, I, I'll use a, usually do an Instagram live Zendo meditation and, and pick different themes and things too. So, 
um, yeah, check in, stay tuned. We have some other exciting things in store coming over the next year. And that was our talk. Just a quick coda to the conversation. I realized after that we didn't ask Baron perhaps the most relevant question, which is, do the meditation skills we build from the Zendo actually stay? Do they turn into real long-term benefits? So I emailed Baron this question, and his answer was yes. His research has found that Zendo helps people find that meditative zone. Some don't use the Zendo after this. They can now get to the place themselves. Many seem to use it less over time. For Baron, repeated Zendo trips have given him, quote, high-definition concentration and clarity. He writes, If I never use Zendo again, I'm confident I've gained both an enhancement in skill, insight, and mindful capacity beyond what I could have accomplished without it, end quote. So, there you have it. I have no doubt in the next few years we'll see many more technologies like the Zendo. Access both to practices and practice technologies seems to be accelerating exponentially in our interconnected world. Our advice, as always, explore for yourself and come to your own conclusions. Thanks for tuning in to the Consciousness Explorers podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like this episode, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. See you next week for a whole new adventure.